Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to a place where here at the Media Research Center, we prize ourselves on being trustworthy about our backgrounds. I will not be claiming I was once a backup singer for the Electric Light Orchestra, only in my car. That doesn't count. Or that I attended an intimate birthday party with President Reagan. Eh. I did attend a large public sing-along to Reagan on the South Lawn once. Uh, Must have been February of 87 or 88. Marvin Hamlish was there. Anyone remember Marvin Hamlish? Anyway, our top story, conservative Twitter is buzzing about Speaker Kevin McCarthy forcefully rebutting a PBS congressional reporter named Lisa Desjardins. Sounds like she's from Montreal. Lisa was pressing McCarthy about George Santos, one of their favorites. Yes, he's been a congressman for about three weeks. And suddenly he's the most important official in Washington. He has a press uh, flock that follows him everywhere. Uh, If we were being cute, we'd say Santos is getting more attention than the president is getting. But that might not be exactly right. He's definitely getting much hotter press attention than Biden. They want this guy removed. And this is where they want to demonstrate that their power to embarrass is their power to make politicians bow to their will. I'm fine with making fun of Santos. Babylon B joked he signed a deal with Whoppers, you know, the melted milk balls. I'm fine with reporting wild stories about his biographical lies or, or on the mysteries around his campaign funding. But trying to remove him from office pressuring the Republicans to remove him from office. That's where reporters demonstrate how ambitious they are and how much their news judgment seems to equal embarrassing the Republicans. If it embarrasses the Republicans, it's news. If it embarrasses the Democrats, not so newsy. So let's listen to how this McCarthy thing went down. He's got elected by his district. So... Okay, let, let me be very clear and respectful to you. You ask me a question. When I answer it, it's the answer to your question. You don't get to determine whether I answer your question or not, okay? In all respect. Thank you. No, no, let's answer her question. You just raised a question. I'm going to be very clear with you. The Intel Committee is different. You know why? Because what happens in the Intel Committee, you don't know. What happens in the Intel Committee, although the secrets are going on in the world, Other members of Congress don't know. What did Adam Schiff do as the chairman of the Intel Committee? What Adam Schiff did, use his power as a chairman and lie to the American public. Even the inspector general said it. When Devin Nunes put out a memo, he said it was false. When we had a laptop, he used it before an election to be politics and say that it was false and said it was the Russians. When he knew different, when he knew the Intel, if you talk to um, John Radcliffe, DNI, 
He came out ahead of time and says there's no intel to prove that, and he used his position as chairman, knowing he has information the rest of America does not, and lied to the American public. When a whistleblower came forward, he said he, he did not know the individual, even though his staff had met with him and set it up. So no, he does not have a right to sit on that. But I will not be like Democrats and play politics with these, where they removed Republicans from committees and all committees. So yes, he can serve on a committee, but he will not serve on intel, because it goes to the national security of America. And I will always put them first. All right? Unsurprisingly, Lisa Desjardins did not share this video clip on Twitter. Beforehand, she had tweeted, what should I ask? And then after this exchange, she got her fair share of reply tweets saying, you got owned. Now, some people want to say she was completely annihilated. But this does not pass a fact check. She is still walking the planet and drawing a salary paid for by you and me. McCarthy didn't vaporize her like he's Thanos. Now, some said Republicans never did this before Trump, and I, I just don't think that's right. You know, back in his early speaker days, Newt Gingrich could be very frank with reporters. Um, but... You know, McCarthy did this better than Trump. I think his answer was very specific. He made the point that he was just removing Swalwell and Schiff from the Intel Committee, not from other committees. He acknowledged that they were duly elected, just like Santos was eh, duly elected. Uh, and so it, it had some nuance in it. Now, this is certainly not the first time a House speaker has gotten snippy with the press. We certainly can recall Nancy Pelosi could get quite snippy with our own young reporters from cnsnews.com. Terry Jeffrey would send them down to ask her about abortion when life begins and this kind of stuff. And she would roll out her wacky, I'm a devout Catholic mother of six stuff. Whatever. Uh, you know, it, it, once again, we have in the Speaker of the House and the President of the United States so-called devout Catholics who celebrate Roe versus Wade and everything on the LGBTQ menu. I'll have them all, thanks. So Kevin McCarthy is getting sort of hammered by the reporters and he's hammering back. Kevin McCarthy's also getting hammered by the fact checkers, those so-called independent fact checkers. Andrew Stiles at the Washington Free Beacon reported on how CNN fact checker Daniel Dale got on camera. You remember Daniel Dale, Trump's number one hater in Toronto. That's why CNN snapped him up. Yes, Dale took after McCarthy in a fact check with the online headline, Fact Check! McCarthy's false, misleading, and evidence-free claims since becoming House Speaker. He did not do a fact check on Hakeem Jeffries in his first couple of weeks. Stiles thought the funny part was how uh, CNN anchor Don Lemon boasted, If you're a person in power, you better believe your expert, your expert fact checker Daniel Dale is watching your words. Really? As Stiles pointed out, Dale hasn't fact-checked Biden since November 5. And it's not as if Biden stopped lying. Other fact-checkers noticed last month when Biden claimed his father urged him to give his ailing uncle Frank a purple heart when he was vice president. 
but Biden's uncle Frank died in 1999 and his father died in 2002. Oops. Yes, there are other fact checks that Daniel Dale and the CNN folks have done about the Republicans. This is what they do. Fact check. Trump's latest baseless claims about the documents investigation. Oh, yeah, there's no fact checks on what the Biden people are saying about their documents. Fact check. Republican congressman falsely claims Democratic congresswoman said pedophilia isn't a crime. Yes, that's Congressman Ronnie Jackson talking about Democrat Katie Porter of California. This just shows you the modus operandi. And, and that is the fact checkers look like they're there to be the DNC defense squad. That's just the way they end up looking. Stiles points out, during this time, since Biden's last fact check on November 5, before the election, Dale has published seven fact checks involving claims by Trump, by Kevin McCarthy, and other Republican politicians, and zero involving Democrats. That's the racket. And you'd think, you don't think we can go check this out? The fact checkers somehow find it unlikely they'll be fact checked? I mean, it's the targeting. That's the first sign you have before you get to whether there's a fact is true or false. It's the targeting. It's the always running to help the Democrats out. Washington Post chief fact checker Glenn Kessler is on a roll this year. He's either running things defending Hunter Biden. He's done two hostile fact checks on Kevin McCarthy. One of them appeared in the paper on Sunday. Kessler was aggressively defending Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell. He gave McCarthy a four Pinocchios ruling for his quote-unquote specious revenge attacks. Now, when uh, Democrats attack Republicans and they remove people like uh, Paul Gosar and Marjorie Taylor Greene from committees, that's not an attack for which there is a revenge attack. Everybody thought that was super sensible. You know, it broke a precedent. You know, just like the January 6th committee decided to subpoena Republican members of Congress, which was never done before. You didn't subpoena fellow members. But now they do. So now they're going to try to say, well, Jim Jordan can't issue any subpoenas because he didn't answer one from the January 6th committee. This is how you know reporters are Democrats, and Democrats are reporters. Yes, Kessler was trying to say, in contrast to the public actions or statements made by Green and Gosar, widely condemned at the time, these expulsions appear based on figments of imagination. Figments of imagination? I mean, did he miss Adam Schiff lying his face off about Russian collusion over and over again? I mean, this is where, again, as a fact checker, you're bringing the swagger. That is not a fact statement to say McCarthy's imagining things. That is very much a statement of partisan opinion. Glenn Kessler is a partisan opinionator, and they call him the fact checker. And he plays this game where he was like, well, Schiff wouldn't name the whistleblower, but the right-wing media published the name of an intelligence officer 
although that individual's never been officially confirmed as the whistleblower. We can find no evidence Schiff lied about whether he knew the whistleblower's name. Even now, Kessler couldn't use the name Eric Ciaramella, Ciaramella, however you want to pronounce it, who was the named whistleblower suspect. In fact, if you go to the Washington Post search engine and you type in Eric C-I-A-R-A-M-E-L-L-A, that is the correct spelling, the search engine at Washington Post gives you nothing, no fizzy lifting drinks of results. So why is the Post never confirmed who on earth the whistleblower is? This is the Woodward and Bernstein legendary newspaper that always gets to the bottom of things. No, they don't get to the bottom of things when the Democrats are in trouble. They don't do it. Why does Bob Woodward write sappy books when the Democrats are in power? Have you seen any anti-Biden books Woodward's working on? No, he's written like three books against Trump. He wrote three books against W. Bush. He wrote sappy books under Obama. I mean, this is, this is what they do. The Washington Post did a, an attack book on Trump in 2016. No book on Hillary. This is who these people are. And the thing that bothers me about this, the way that Kessler comes out so energetically to defend Schiff and Eric Swalwell, who is hanging out with a Chinese spy. Now, you can try to say again, well, there's no, uh, the conservatives run around saying he had sex with Fang Fang. Okay, you can fact check that and say there's no evidence. She had sex with some mayors. And so people say, aha. But the whole point here is you're coming to the defense of the Democrats. You don't come at this. When, when Adam Schiff says crazy crap about collusion, where's the fact check? Now, there was one. He, ref, he referred to a fact check he did on Schiff. Where Schiff claimed he, you know, he'd never met with the whistleblower, you know this. So, but it is much more common for them to all come to Schiff's defense. That's what fact checkers do. And to me, when you comes to a paper like the Post, that was so waging war on the Trump administration, you have to suspect. I think we should all suspect that when they come energetically to the defense of Schiff or Swalwell, you say, why? One would be because they're Democrats. Another one would be because they were anonymous leakers. Schiff is a legendary leaker. So you can say this is part of the quid pro quo. This is part of the sleaze factor of using anonymous sourcing is that nobody's going to know what you did. Well, we're just going to accuse you. This is collusion between a newspaper and its anonymous sources in the guise of a fact check. Speaking of Kevin McCarthy, NPR was dropping bombs on Kevin McCarthy the other day. Yes, the show is called Fresh Air with Terry Gross. We just find it gross. We'll just call it Gross Air. Stale air. Um, it's a very one-sided program, and I think uh, just looking at the transcript of these, um, uh, on the 18th of January, Terry Gross interviewed Katie Edmondson, who's a young uh, congressional reporter for the New York Times. Looks like from LinkedIn she graduated college in 2018. So uh, that's a youngster. Uh, and... Um, Terry Gross was basically there to talk about how 
surprise, surprise, Kevin McCarthy is in thrall to the fascists. Well, that's not exactly the word they like. It was hard right, the hard right flank, the far right. And Terry Gross would come on and ask questions like... Is one of the goals of the far right of the Republican Party to impeach President Biden? It depends on who you speak to, but that is certainly a goal of many of the hard right lawmakers. This was a festival of of extreme labeling. The NPR host used far right nine times. This is a 44-minute interview. It does take the whole hour of NPR time because they have underwriting announcements and promos and whatnot. But pretty much every time Terry Gross reintroduced her New York Times guest, it was, we're talking about the new Republican-controlled House of Representatives led by the new Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who made many concessions with the far-right members of the party in order to get elected Speaker. So Terry Gross said far-right nine times. Edmondson, for her part, used far-right six times and hard-right 17 times. It all adds up to 32 labels of far-right and hard-right. Now, I go into Nexus and go, hey, let's look at NPR and see how many times they're using far-left or hard-left or radical-left or ultra-liberal. Last couple of weeks, there's been nothing. There's, Fresh Air doesn't talk about the far-left. All things considered in morning edition aren't finding a far left. They'll find a far right in Brazil because there's somehow Trumpers in Brazil. A lot of times they really do associate these far right and hard right terms with Trump. It's really not about the fact that someone is the most ideologically conservative. It really is the more aligned you are with Trump, the more you're aligned with the lie that Trump won. Those are the hard right But a lot of times they're using this against Jim Jordan. He's an election denier, they say. No one on NPR calls any Democrat an election denier, from Stacey Abrams to Hakeem Jeffries. And no committee, especially January 6th committee, is going to be called, you know, partisan or about vengeance. I mean, Katie Edmondson actually said, The Republicans want to leverage their newfound subpoena power to enact vengeance, essentially, on the Biden administration. I mean, how shameless is that, Katie Edmondson? You don't think that Trump faced hostile congressional inquiries? I mean, I know you're young, but you're not that young. And this is one of the problems with all of this. And we're seeing a bunch of this on television now. Kevin McCarthy said, yes, I'm not allowing Schiff or Swalwell to serve on the Intelligence Committee. And the reporters on CNN are pretending this is somehow a new thing. This isn't the tradition. It's like they're utterly ignoring what Pelosi did in throwing out MTG and Paul Gosar and what she did to very selectively handpick a January 6th committee and and put two fake Republicans on it and call it bipartisan and not let McCarthy put his people on it. So here is Terry Gross and Edmondson talking about the so-called weaponization committee. That's what she said, the so-called. I would say the so-called January 6th, you know. They never use so-called for what they love. Always watch for a word like so-called. Dan Rather used to say the so-called Christian coalition. 
Yes, like the so-called newsman, Dan Rather. This is what they do. The weaponization committee. Guess what? Jim Jordan's going to have a subcommittee on weaponization. And is he going to say, nope, no Democrats or two fake Democrats? It's not the way it's going to work. But these people will pretend that somehow the new Republicans are breaking all precedents and they're going to absolutely ignore what every precedent and tradition that Pelosi and the Democrats destroyed since 2017. This is what we see. This is what we point out and identify. And if you need to have it pointed out to you, you need to come to Newsbusters, man. Once, twice, 24 times a day. Don't stop checking in.